This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. As you can tell by my voice, I'm still under <clears throat> under the weather a little bit. I've been having some sinus issues and went to the doctor and got on some medicine and stuff, but <clears throat> still not feeling 100% yet. But we're taking a look at these parables that Jesus used to teach the crowds back when he was walking on the earth. And these crowds would gather around him and he would use things that they're familiar with to try to get them to understand uh, what the kingdom of heaven is like or what following him is like, putting Jesus first in their lives and in, in our lives and what that would be like and so he he <clears throat> he would use things like i said they're familiar with like yeast bread uh, or leaven or uh, a field treasure uh, seed just all kinds of things to help them to understand what following him is like and what how god expects us to live uh, that is pleasing to him and in today's podcast we're going to finish up uh matthew chapter 13 with a parable uh, called the parable of uh, the fishing net it's found in verses 47 through 51 it says again the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind when the net was full they dragged it up on to the shore they sat down and sorted the good fish into crates but threw the bad ones away that's the way it will be at the end of the world the angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth now this parable is is much like the parable that we covered uh, several podcasts ago when we talked about uh, the parable of the wheat and the tares or the wheat and the weeds the farmer who was Jesus planted seed to grow uh, and so the wheat grew but in the middle of the night an enemy came in and planted weeds and so when the workers discovered that the field full of wheat was also full of weeds they started freaking out and they wanted to pull the weeds out but they went to ask the farmer who's Jesus what to do and his answer was to let the weeds and the wheat grow together and then when the harvest time comes, both the wheat and the weeds will be harvested together and then they will be separated and the wheat will be bundled with the wheat and the uh, weeds will be bundled with the weeds. And the wheat goes into the barn while the weeds are burned. <clears throat> In this parable uh, that we just read, the fisherman is out on the water catching some fish. Now, Everybody here in this parable knew exactly what Jesus is saying because even many of his disciples fished for a living. But I'm sure a lot of people in the crowd fished for a, li- uh, fished for a living. Um, the way they fished uh, commercially back then is m- much the same as we, we do it today. They throw out this huge net and all kinds of fish get caught in the net. And after waiting for a period of time, the fisherman will pull up the net and collect his fish. (coughs) Excuse me. The problem is, while the net is in the water, there's all kinds 
of fish getting caught in the net. And the fisherman, he has no control over what fish swims into the net. So what he does, he harps all the fish together in the net. And then once they get the net into the boat and they get all these fish into the boat, they begin to separate the good fish from the bad fish. And they, they keep the good fish while uh, they throw the what I call the trash fish that are worthless away. Now, <clears throat> this is a parable about the day of judgment when we will all stand before God and be separated. Those who accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, who are washed in His blood and walking with Him, when 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 they pass from death to life, or or when they pass from this life into eternity, uh, and when the resurrection happens, and all and we're all called to stand before God on judgment. All of those who accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior are the good fish. They're going to be kept. They're going to get to go into heaven and will remain with Jesus forever and ever and ever for eternity. But for those who rejected Jesus, they are the bad fish and they're rejected and cast away from Jesus for eternity. Never to have a second chance. And we get a great picture of this later on in Matthew, and we'll cover it in more detail, when Jesus talks about separating the sheep from the goats in Matthew chapter 20, 25. I believe this parable may have been a slight dig at the religious leaders, and I'll explain why I say that in just a minute. But think about Jesus' disciples. They have given up everything to follow Jesus. They, they have found the treasure. They have found the, the pearl of great price that we talked about in, in the, the last podcast, in those two parables. They have found Jesus, and they've given up everything to follow Jesus, including their families, uh, their businesses, their their way of life. They have dedicated themselves to following Jesus, and they're making Him the most important thing in their life. <clears throat> and some of these disciples had fishing businesses. Like Matthew was a tax collector who made a lot of money. Peter was married, uh, and perhaps some of the others were too. We, we don't we're not given some insight into their lives. But all of these people, these men and women who followed Jesus, they've all made Jesus the most important thing in their lives, and they were willing to give up everything to follow him, no matter the cost. And so they would understand what he's saying in these parables about the kingdom of heaven. They have sold all they had and bought the field. But there is one group in particular that should have done the same thing especially knowing all they knew from the Old Testament, how they studied Old Testament passages and how they had the head knowledge of all these prophecies, over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament about the Messiah. I mean, it was plain as day or should have been plain as day to them because they knew the law and they taught the law on a daily basis. They knew it like the back of their hand. But they refused Jesus. They rejected Jesus. And that is the religious leader's the religious leaders, like I said, they knew the Old Testament scriptures. They knew them very well. They knew them inside and out. They could quote them off the top of their heads. They wore the phylacteries on their forehead and their on their arms. To, and the bigger the phylacteries, the more scriptures they knew. So they were showing people how smart they were of the Old Testament scriptures, the law, and the prophets. They knew what the prophets said about the Messiah. They taught scriptures in the synagogues, but they constantly heard Jesus' teachings they constantly saw the miracles that Jesus worked, but they also constantly rejected Jesus time and time again. 
opposite of the disciples, right? Because the disciples gave up everything to follow Jesus. The religious leaders, they would not give up anything to follow Jesus. Or there, there were some exceptions like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea and, and a few others that we don't have their names. But for the most part, they rejected Jesus. The disciples have experienced Jesus for themselves, but the religious leaders didn't. They rejected Jesus. They didn't want to get to know Jesus. Um, and so uh, they're missing out. And the reason why I say this parable it may have been a dig at the religious leaders is because of what Jesus says to his disciples after he finishes this parable. In verses 51 and 52 of Matthew 13, he says to his disciples, he says, Do you understand all these things? Yes, they said, we do. And then he added, Every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. Jesus specifically asks his disciples if they understand what he's saying. And they said, yes. Well, why did they understand? Because they, they know what the Old Testament says about the Messiah. They, they've heard about the Messiah since they were a little Jewish boy. One day would go to the synagogue. They've given up everything to follow him. They're working on behalf of the kingdom, right? And the religious leaders, on the other hand, they, they should be able to take what they know from the Old Testament. They're around Jesus all the time. They kept a close eye on Jesus everywhere he went and everything that he did, right? And, and so they're around Jesus. They hear his teachings, which... <clears throat> these teachings would be new because Jesus took the Old Testament scriptures and he carried them out a step farther. That's why he would say, you have heard it said, but now I say to you, right? Things like that. We covered that in previous podcasts when we first started Matthew and talking about the Sermon on the Mount. But you got these religious leaders who are following Jesus. They're, 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 they're keeping a close eye on Jesus, trying to trip him up, trying to get him to fall so that he, you know, they're testing him all the time and they're saying, you know, you're not the Messiah. You're not from God. There's no way. And and, uh, and so <clears throat> you put all this together, how they knew the Old Testament scriptures, how they hear Jesus, they, they see the miracles, and you put all that together, and they should be able to come to an understanding that Jesus is who he says he is, that he is the Messiah. And these religious leaders should be as the disciples and giving up everything to follow him but they don't. They continue to reject him. And it, it, it's amazing to, when you think about it, of, of all the stuff that they knew, all the stuff that they saw, and yet they continually rejected Jesus. And you say, well, how stupid can they be? What, what a bunch of idiots. But you know what? We do the same thing today. Now, we, we, we may not have Jesus standing among us and working miracles but we do have his teachings right here in, in the Word of God, in the Bible, this leather-bound book. We have both the Old Testament and the New Testament. We, we actually have the complete picture. We have from the beginning, Genesis 1, when God created everything, to when the Messiah arrived, when the Messiah walked on the earth for three to three and a half years, when Jesus died on the cross, was buried, resurrected on the third day, hung around for 40 days, sent him back to the Father. Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2, fills the apostles. The church begins, about 3,000 are, are baptized, are filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's on its way, and it's still growing to this very day, and we're just waiting for the return of the Messiah to end this thing, right? 
we have the whole complete picture. We have everything in this book that we need to know about Jesus and how to be saved. And the question then becomes, are we going to give up everything and make Jesus the most important thing? Listen to how Matthew 13 ends in verse 53 through 58. It says, When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country and he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he, when he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get his wisdom and the power to do miracles? And then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. They, they name Judas' four brothers, half-brothers, because Joseph would be their dad. God was Jesus' dad. So Mary is the mother, so they're half-brothers. Verse 56 says, all his sisters live right here among us. All meaning there's a, a plurality. We don't know how many sisters Jesus had, but we know it's at least two because it's in the plural, sisters. So he's got four brothers and at least two sisters, probably more. And <clears throat> it's a, they say, all the sisters are living here among us. His brothers are here. We know Mary, his mother. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended. The people in his hometown, verse 57, Matthew says that they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Jesus tells them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his, home, his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. This blows my mind. Think about this. This is people who have known Jesus their entire life, his whole life. They've watched him grow up from a little child, from birth even. Many of them were childhood friends and acquaintances. At this time, Jesus is at least 30 years old, maybe 31, 32, somewhere around in that, in that age, because he's dead by the time he's 33, 33 and a half. So the people know him very well. And unfortunately for them, since they grew up with him, it became a barrier to them believing in him. To the point, this barrier was so strong to the point that they could not see past the fact that they know him as some kid from Nazareth whose parents were Mary and Joseph. <coughs> and for the record, his own brothers and sisters that are mentioned in this passage by name didn't even believe in him, in Jesus, until after he came out of that tomb alive and there's other gospel stories that, that back that up because his brothers were tempted believe it's in john where they were tempted going up to the festival and quit doing these miracles behind closed doors to get out there in the public so people can see him and he says my time is not yet you don't know what you're talking about but he does go into the festival anyway incognito but <clears throat> i'm going to leave you with this thought as we finish up matthew 13 if you don't believe in Jesus for whatever reason, guess what? As the words of Michael Jackson, you are not alone. Because you're not alone. There's a lot of people that do not believe in Jesus. You're not the only one. But uh, I, I want to encourage you if I can. I know this is a short podcast, um, but it's strong. The message is strong because I want to encourage you to do this. 
Quit trying to figure everything out and give Jesus a try. People have been studying the Bible for hundreds of years. And we're 2,000 years removed from when this book was written. You know what? And it's been translated from uh, uh, all these different languages, from Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic into English. And there's, there's some Greek words that you can't even translate into English correctly. You don't get the full meaning of the word. You know, we can read it in English and understand what we need to understand to be saved. But there's a, uh, just for example, the word love. There's four different words for love. When Jesus and Peter are having that discussion there by the uh, on the shore, and Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me? We read, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. And we see that Jesus asked him, do you love me? Three different times. And we see Peter saying, do you love me? Three different times. But it's not love like we think of love. There's different Greek words used each time Jesus asks Peter that. And you don't know that in English. You had to get into the Greek and, 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 and do word studies. And there's, there's difficult passages in the Bible that we just don't understand. There's, that, that, that's why you have all these di- different denominations. That's why you have all these different people with different beliefs. They see a passage a certain way, just like baptism. Some people don't think you have to be baptized to be saved. Some people do believe you have to be baptized to be saved. Some people speak in tongues. Some people don't believe in speaking in tongues, that it's passed away. Some people believe that it still goes on. You've got all of these different discussions going on. And and, and then we're not even going to mention the book of Revelation. That is very difficult because it's, it's full of symbolism uh, that we just don't understand because that was written to a persecuted church where people are losing their lives. And it's written as a, a book to inspire and to give hope to people who are literally being persecuted to the point of death. And we don't know what that's like. Some people do, but here in America, we don't. We, we're, we, we're in the land of the free, and, and we have a lot of freedom uh, with our religion and with our lives. And praise God for that. And if you're listening to this and you're in a persecuted country, we're praying for you and praying for your safety and praying for the Word of God to prosper among you. But <clears throat> quit trying to figure it all out. Quit quit thinking that you have to have all the answers before you follow Jesus. Just give Jesus a try. Uh, think about this. I mean, what do you have to lose? And I, I promise you, if you would give Jesus a a try, a legitimate try, it's going to be the best decision that you have ever made in your life. He is worth it all. And just like that treasure where the, 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 the guy who found the treasure hit the treasure and he went and so, sold everything that he had. He gave everything that he had so he could purchase that field so he could own that treasure. And the same thing with the fisherman and the pearl. When he found that pearl, he gave everything for that pearl, that pearl being Jesus. If you would make Jesus your Lord and Savior and just give him a try, he will make a huge impact in your life. I promise you. I guarantee it. Where you spend eternity rests on your decision that you're about to make. Are you going to be like the disciples and and give up everything and follow Jesus? Or are you going to be like those religious leaders 
where they knew everything about the Messiah. They knew what the scripture said. They've heard about the Messiah. They've heard about Jesus. They saw Jesus with their own eyes. They heard Jesus with their own ears. They saw the miracles. They heard the teachings. There was no denying that Jesus was who he says he is. Then you go outside of, of the Bible, and there's all kinds of, of uh, 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 archaeology, archaeological findings that have backed up the claim of the Bible that Jesus existed. You can go into other religions, world religions, that that claim that Jesus was really here. I mean, history goes back in time and proves that Jesus was here, that he walked the earth. There is no denying Jesus. It's just an absolute fact that Jesus existed. It's just whether or not you're going to believe that he is the Messiah and that you're a sinner and that you need a Savior. So you're either going to choose Jesus, you're going to give up everything to, to follow Jesus and be washed in his blood and be filled with his spirit and walk with him on a daily basis like the disciples, or you're going to choose to be like the religious leaders and know all about Jesus, especially if you live in the South, where I'm from, in the Bible Belt. We're, we got churches on every corner and we're preached to death about Jesus, and yet people continue to hear about him, know about him, but reject him. So the decision, it's up to you. Where are you going to spend eternity? In heaven with Jesus? Or in hell, rejected from Jesus? For I don't even think you have to worry about the flames in hell. I think you're going to have to worry about I think that worm that dies not, that the Bible talks about, is knowing that you had the opportunity to accept Jesus and you reject him. That's going to haunt you for eternity. It'll be a whole lot worse than the flames ever thought about being because you're, you're going to know that you never have another opportunity to reject, I mean, to accept Jesus because you have rejected Jesus. You have been in the presence of Jesus because everybody, the Bible says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if you didn't accept Jesus while you're walking on this earth, before you took your last breath, then when you stand before Jesus and you kneel before Jesus and you confess him as Lord and Savior, you're going to have to look him straight to the face, eyeball to eyeball, and he's going to say, I never knew you. We didn't have a relationship. I don't understand why you rejected me because you had it. You had everything that you needed right there at your disposal, and you rejected me. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. We didn't have that relationship. And you're going to be cast into the outer darkness. And your father is the devil, and that's who you're going to spend eternity with. Why would anybody, anybody choose that for eternity? Why would anybody choose to reject a loving, I mean absolutely, loving Savior who gave himself, who willingly laid down his life on the cross, went through horrible pain before the cross and on the cross because of his love for you and for me. So the question is this, what's worth your soul? What's worth losing Jesus and going to hell? Nothing. Absolutely Nothing. So what's your answer today? What are you gonna what are you gonna choose? Who are you gonna choose? Are you gonna be like the disciples or are you gonna be like the religious leaders? 
Think about this. They wouldn't take the plunge and make Jesus the most important thing in their life when they had the opportunity. And because of that, they're going to spend eternity separated from the God that they have given their lives to while they were on the earth and studied about and served even. But they rejected his son, the only one that could save their sins. And they'll spend eternity separated from God. Don't make that same mistake. Give your life to Jesus today. Be washed in his blood and be filled with his spirit and start your walk with him. And if you are walking with Jesus, if you've already made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I say praise God for you and thank you for making that decision. But tell others about him. Tell people about this podcast. If you're nervous about telling people about Jesus, at least tell them about the podcast and how they can listen to it on, on any app that carries podcasts. Or they can watch it on YouTube or listen to it on YouTube. And that way they would have the opportunity to hear about Jesus and make a decision for themselves. You have a choice to make. The gospel has been presented to you. Jesus is right there for the taking. Are you going to reject Jesus or are you going to accept Jesus? God bless you. Thank you for listening today. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grinded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegrinditpodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you and remember, keep grinding.